great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of rams brothers i'm your host dean and i'm joined as always by my brother and the other great host of this show nick and uh nick jalen ramsey's no longer a ram we've been talking about it for three weeks uh, but the news broke yesterday. What was your initial reaction? But first and most importantly, how are you? I'm good. That was the most, hey guys, welcome back to a reprehensive introduction of Rams Brothers that we've ever heard, um, even after a Super Bowl loss. But I feel fine. I'm good. This makes a lot of sense. I like the writing's been on the wall. We've talked about it for like three weeks now. So, you know, I'm totally just at the part of the, I'm, I'm at stage five of the grieving process acceptance, sure. you know? Sure. So just moving forward and you know, I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing good. I'm just, yeah. I'm just no, about, you know, this team next year and if they could even, you know, be a contender. And then I saw that the Niners got Sam Darnold and I was like, Oh no, no, we can still compete. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we've, Maybe we'll be able to compete, but I don't, I'm not overly optimistic about this upcoming season being one where we're going to con- compete for a playoff spot and potentially be a playoff team. And yes, I'm representing my Jalen Ramsey jersey. It is, uh, you know, it's it's a dark day for a lot of Rams fans, but I think contractually it makes sense to be able to move on from him in a year where you're trying to move on from all of the dead money, potentially, and everybody outside of Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and Matthew Stafford. And and he was the first player to to be within that conversation. And it was a long three weeks coming, right? Like he was tweeting about how it's been being worked on. Miami was a dream destination. And the Rams owed him a ton of guaranteed money on March 19th, right? So they kind of openly refused to pay any more money on that specific contract. And that contract, Nick, hasn't been touched since the 2020 season, right? So it was a period of time where you brought him in, you restructured his deal in 2020 after you brought him in in 2019. And then you you have to be able to move on from a player, whether it's it's something that you're excited about or not, and cut your losses and uh, be able to kind of figure out and carve out the next window. And I think if for Jalen Ramsey were able to stay here and play on the back half of that contract with absolutely no guaranteed money, for the player of his caliber, just doesn't necessarily make any sense. So I think when you kind of dig into it a little bit, maybe we were in denial. I certainly was for a certain period of time, thinking you could just restructure him and kick some more money down the road. But then understanding the Rams' full philosophy for years to come, I think it entirely makes sense that they decided to move on from him because it was really anybody that wasn't Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, or Matthew Stafford. And Donald and Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald essentially earned a lifetime deal to play with the Los Angeles Rams. And Cooper Cup, if you listen to Jordan's podcast earlier today, said that he may be buried in the building when it's all said and done. So I think those are the two guys you can kind of hang your hats on. You could expect them to be the face of the Rams' franchise over the next three, four years. Hopefully neither of them retire. Aaron Donald doesn't retire. But I think a lot of what happened with Jalen Ramsey and the Rams' situation holistically for the next couple of years, a lot has to do with Sean McVay. Right, because McVeigh was the guy who was the glue to hold everything together in terms of the core. Otherwise, the entire thing would have just exploded. 
right right after the Super Bowl, there were conversations that were happening within the building where there were some staff members believed that the not necessarily the entire organization from top to bottom in terms of coaches, but players, the roster would be completely shooken up. And I think that's understandable considering the amount of resources that they invested to be able to climb to the mountaintop and then win a Super Bowl in their home stadium. So I don't want to kind of beat on a dead drum. We've been talking about the Jalen Ramsey situation for at least three weeks at this point. But I think uh, the Rams' philosophy moving forward is one that a lot of Rams fans has to have to adapt and kind of get behind because it is the future of what's happening right now. Yeah, I think we saw a lot of decisions happen before our eyes in this sense because last year it was all – it was McVay dealing with the potential of what could have been if he retired and just left. And then he was like, well, when Ramsey Stafford cup and Donald leave, that's when I'll get out of here, which then made it seem like he was pushing some people out the door and he was leaving out the door like immediately. But then now we're at a completely different tune where McVay is like, it's not going to be a story every year of whether or not I'm leaving or not. I'm here. I'm committed to this. This is where I want to be. This is the organization I want to be with. And what that means is having a little less loyalty to that core, those pillars, um, and and having like the strong armed, um, like, you know, kind of coach slash GM ability that he has him and Snead have where when they see somebody that they can get stuff back from and, you know, they they were potentially paying them too much so they can open the cap for the future. They're going to move on and make no mistake. I think it's, it's Ramsey right now. It could be Stafford next year. Or, I mean, like, I know you just said, Cup, I'm going to get buried in this building and I'm sure he'll retire a Ram. But if there's a situation where he gets injured at some point next year and – Another team is talking about bringing him on. I don't see anybody. Sure, no, I, I, yeah, totally get it. I don't it. think anybody's safe anymore. Yeah, that's we, we have that's a, what I'm taking from this Ramsey trade. Yeah. Uh, one of our close friends, Johnny, who we both obviously know very well, sent me a message on Instagram and said, would you trade right now Cooper Cup for two first-round picks? And the way that the organization is going, yeah, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Because he's not one of those members. He's, he's not one of those players that in four or five years – you know, he's going to be able to perform at the same level he's going to be able to perform at right now. And if you're trying to maximize the volume and capital you're getting back over the next three or four years, it wouldn't make sense theoretically to get two first round picks back for a player of Aaron Donald or Cooper Cup's caliber. But I mean, the contracts are egregious. So it's also you have to consider them another team trading for both of those players, one of those players, and then having to take on the actual contract. Right. Which is a lot of teams aren't structured to be able to take on a contract of Aaron Donald's caliber. So somebody like Cooper Cover Aaron Donald being traded is not something that I think the Rams are going to be willing to discuss right now. They're not fielding calls for either of those players. They talked about Matthew Stafford recently fielding calls for, for him. And, and Les Snead alluded to this in his in his interview was, if we're going to take calls, you know, it's, it's definitely something we're going to listen to. We're not necessarily outreaching to try and get rid of Matthew Stafford and trying to offload his contract. But if there's somebody desperate in the league right now that's looking to fill the quarterback position and is willing to offer something desperate like two first round picks, like which would be offered for like theoretically for Cooper Cup or Aaron Donald. It's definitely a deal you have to consider making, right? And then the the next couple of years you evaluate the quarterback classes and then you see if you could 
uh, bring in a veteran or potentially bring in a rookie that can uh, keep you sustainable for the next three or four years, which is is probably not a situation that they want to be in. And I think that, you know, Sean McVay kind of coming back at least signaled to the league that Donald Cup and and Matthew Stafford were all going to kind of be within this core. And if he didn't, if he didn't come back, Nick, it would have been a hundred million dollars in dead money that they would have had to eat. So it, it really would have blown the whole organization up. And then you could legitimately be talking about the core being poked at and one of those weight bearing walls actually coming down. So that was, you know, that's the other side of the coin is that's how close it was to the full organization just imploding from top to bottom after the Super Bowl win. So, I, I mean, I think one thing that Rams fans really kind of have to hang their hat on is the fact that Sean McVay did want to come back and he did want to, you know, be able to kind of re-coach this team up, everybody from, you know, the bottom three down that needs professional development, that needs, you know, tutoring, needs to spend extra time after practice. Like that is a whole different monster. But I think that the the angle of it and kind of having to readjust your mental to coming into that every single day versus the the massive, massive and steep climb it was to get back to the Super Bowl and then win it again. Um, it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy they're being honest about the Matthew Stafford situation. Um, a lot of people are desperate right now at the quarterback. Sure. position. Um, I mean, the Jets are probably going to give a huge haul maybe during this podcast that's going to come out. Uh, to bring in um, Rodgers, and then the the Niners just signed Darnold, like I said, and then the Raiders got Jimmy G. So it's it, it's a like none of those guys really are at the caliber of Stafford. Uh, Rodgers, I would say, is the closest and probably a little better, um, but also like old and like aging. So yeah, five years older than Stafford. Honestly, the only team, and this will never happen, that has the best case for him. San Francisco. Oh, I thought you were going to say Detroit Lions. Not anymore. No, I don't San think. Francisco. I think if San, I think if you put Stafford on San Francisco right now, they they're they're a, a you know NFC Championship winner. But their option, their chance, and we talked about this to get the first overall player, the top quarterback. Like that is two first round picks. What it took to trade to get down, to get up to draft Jared Goff first overall. What it took to bring Matthew Stafford into the building, all the while still having Jared Goff as a piece. Like there is a lot at play there. Like there's, if you're going to go ahead and, and trade another haul, that 49ers gave up two first round picks to get Trey Lance to move up in the draft and draft him. So that was their investment. You can only do that once every five years. Otherwise, you're just going to put yourself in 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 hell. So I think between Trey Lance and and um, Sam Darnold and Brock Purdy, you know the old saying, Nick, you say it. I know you know it. Yeah. Uh, you have three I, quarterbacks, you have none. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. I was going to say, I've never heard that before today, so I don't <laughs> really know if it's an old saying. It's true. Sure. Um, I made a bold claim that Trey Lance wasn't going to start as a 49ers quarterback after last year. Um like going into last year and people were like, you're nuts. They traded up to get this guy. I was like, I've seen him. I've seen the tape. He's not ready. And he doesn't really have what it takes. And he got injured, but still they have zero faith in him. Yeah. Jury's still on. Jury's still out on him. So I I understand why some people don't have faith in him. I entirely agree with that. And I, 
And I think there's a reason, there's plenty of reasons not to. I mean, like you could look to look at them pre-draft. You look at everything they evaluated, his overall skill set, his experience in college. It's it's not somebody that you're just gonna plug in first overall pick or a top pick, and he's gonna be somebody that's gonna progress you to the the top of the conference. And it has yet to happen. So the jury is still out on that situation between Purdy and Sam Darnold. There's I don't think there's any excitement there. But then going back to what you even got in return for Jalen Ramsey, because I think that was the other side of the coin that I think a lot of Rams fans were awfully upset with. And I think that you have to kind of understand that the deal, the contract is, is what the Rams were offloading. That was a big yeah. piece of the trade, right? It's, it's, you know, 40% Still, of the I mean, in the trade. You can know that and also be upset at sure. what we got in return. Because oh, yeah. it's, it's pitiful, honestly. And even yeah. though we're unloading the contract and we are being nice to Ramsey and where he wants to go, which yeah. was Miami, like as a Rams fan, it's still annoying. That he wanted it, to go to Miami, though, but there were reportedly other NFC teams that were interested in him, and there wasn't a huge difference in what was offered. So you don't want to trade him in the NFC. You don't want to trade him in conference. So what are you going to get a couple of picks up? You get the 68th pick versus the 77th pick. You got a pick in a player, and you offloaded the contract. And the player is Hunter Long, Nick. Not a lot of Rams fans are familiar with Hunter Long, understandably so. Nick, did you know who he was before he was moved over to the Rams? Because no, I didn't. I certainly didn't. And I don't think a lot of Rams fans had the had the reason. Did to. you? No, I said I certainly didn't. Oh, I was like, I was like, who are you trying to impress? No, so <laughs> very like, clearly, I didn't know who the hell that was. It's very clearly said didn't. Um, yeah, but he's the guy that is came along in the, in the Ramsey trade. So it's pick eighty one, and it's Hunter Long. So the question is, who is this guy? Who the hell is Hunter Long? And I don't think a lot of Rams fans are going to get a ton of excitement. He was the 81st pick, by the way, overall in the draft. The Rams got the 77th pick. So they now have a second and two third-round picks. So who's Hunter Long? Third-round draft selection, 81st overall from Boston College. He was a really good prospect with tons of upside. He's what the Rams like in terms of short space quickness. He graded very highly in the 20 split and the 10 split in the combine. Almost identical RAS score to Rob Gronkowski. So, obviously, hasn't done a ton in Minnesota quite yet, but he's only 24 years old. He's six foot five. He's 255 pounds. There's a lot to like about him as a prospect, not a proven commodity yet, but he's essentially another draft pick that the Rams could add to the 11 players right now that they're looking to onboard in April. He was the most targeted tight end in college football during the 2021 season, even more than Kyle Pitts. I think it would be really funny if Hunter Long turned out to be a uh, more of a sure thing as a pro over Kyle Pitts based on the trajectory coming out of the draft and, and where everybody projected Kyle Pitts to be in terms of all-time great tight ends. But he does have a really unique skill set and unique trait. And one of those unique skill sets and traits is that he was used more like an NFL tight end in Boston College's pro-style offense than a lot of other tight ends are used in college in general, which asked him to block. He was an inline tight end, which is it's truly a rarity in college football is the fact that this is a guy who spent time on the offensive line, who understands a more complex pro-style offense, played in Miami, which was an overcomplicated offense, had to become a blocker, had to become somewhat of a pass catcher, Only, although he only had one catch, and I think it was in the postseason this past year. So it's not somebody that you're going to be overly excited about. But if you go back and watch the tape, when the ball's in the air, 
He can track it down. He makes those contested catches, tough catches, make them look really easy. Uh, it includes throws down at his toes, which is really important for tight ends. A trait to be able to have is be able to reach down, catch balls at your toes. And I think that um, some of the continuity with the coaching staff, as it's kind of all forming together and they're relying on some coaches to potentially outreach and bring in some notable unrestricted free agents or draft picks, Michael LaFleur, Nick Cayley, and Ryan Wendell, all probably had more familiarity with Long than any Rams fans or any Rams member on the pre-existing staff. They all went against him twice in this past year with the Jets, Pats, and Bills. So all three coaches, tight ends coach, the offensive line coach, and the offensive coordinator, all have some solid familiarity with a player that a lot of Rams fans don't even know who it is yet. So that's a good sign. The fact that he was essentially playing in, in Nick Cayley's backyard when he was in Boston College you know, probably went to a few Boston College games there when when Long was there as he was with the Patriots for four or five years. And uh, the Pats actually had a third round selection in the 2021 draft, but it was removed as a punishment for illegally filming of the field and sidelines by the team's television crew of a 2019 game between Cincinnati and Cleveland. If you remember back to 2019 when that happened, they originally had pick number 77, which is the pick that the Rams got back for Jalen Ramsey. And who knows, maybe they would have went out and drafted a tight end. Maybe this is a guy that Nick Cayley considered someone that was highly covetable to bring in. And, uh, you know, the Patriots haven't had a ton of tight end success since Rob Gronkowski left. And they've been looking to kind of duplicate the success that they've had over the past 10 years or so. So Nick Cayley is potentially one of those guys. He's only 24 years old. Travis Kelsey, as an example, and I'm not comparing the two directly, was a special teams player for the first year of his career. Right, first special teams player under Andy Reid, and and that in the, the Kansas City Chiefs as they were kind of making that climb to the top, still had Alex Smith as their starting quarterback. So um, whether you have faith or not in the move, I think this is a regime uh, with with less need and Sean McVay and Tony Pastors and Kevin Demoff that you have to kind of sit back and trust. You know, it kind of is a little bit of a trust the process situation. I know that's something that would anger. A lot of fans, you have to be patient. There were like 57 NFL transactions today, and the Rams didn't make a single move. So, I mean, that has to kind of – you're erring on the side of caution. You're pumping the brakes, but that has to make a little Rams fans uneasy considering how used to the fun breaking news they've been over the past four or five years. Yeah. um, The whole thing with this kid, it just – two things come to mind, right? Number one – Tyler Higby, um, you know, probably like if they truly have faith in this guy and they think that like this is somebody that they would have drafted like equal talent, not just thrown in to the deal, um, you expect less Higby on the field, except maybe, it, it, you know, maybe expect zero Higby could get to that point where he's just no longer on the team. And then you brought up the familiarity that Miami, um, you know, the Jets, the Patriots have with this guy. Yep. But how much? One catch? You know what I mean? In the postseason, all, all of them were like, involved in um, in the draft process, right? They've all they probably all evaluated him as talent. They watched him as as a blocker in that offense. Maybe it wasn't a condensed set. Maybe working with in practice. They had conjoined practices. They noticed that he was a talented pass catcher. You know, maybe there was a defense alignment that went up to one of the coaches and said, man, this guy's a hell of a blocker. I can't get by him. Like there's all these kind of things to take into yeah, consideration. All, all I'm, not of that to, I'm not trying to sell potential. you on 
I'm not trying to sell you. So I said prospect 87 yeah. times. I'm not even trying to sell you on the potential of that number number 87. No, I'm just I'm just trying to say that the the amount of times that I, I wanted to dig into the fact that he's still prospect is I'm not trying to tell you that he's any percentage as good as Jalen Ramsey or even Tyler Higby at this point. But I think that the math has started to math. If you if you catch my drift, meaning that. Tyler Higby, yeah, could have seen his last day as a Los Angeles Ram. He's an unrestricted free agent after this season, and it's yeah. an easy $4 million savings if you get him off your books this year. I, you I, go Hunter I Long think for go sure. And a draft pick. That's why this wasn't like – I think this rubbed fans the wrong way in two ways because not only are you losing Ramsey, but if you kind of dig deep into it, you kind of – you feel like you're losing Higby too. And, you know, it's not this guy's fault. He's kind of like the scapegoat to the situation because – He's gonna. He's what you're getting in return. Um, I like. I like that you're saying that he kind of is just like a like somebody that they drafted at this point, and hopefully there's a lot of talk in the building that he can actually bring in, you know, like great blocking and like you know these like by the feet catches and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, honestly, it's just right now. It's it's hard to it's hard to see that. Um, see see the big picture just because of how little hope there there is when you lose a play a player of Ramsey's caliber which is why I think the fans yeah, are kind of I know but it's not it's not hope for this year right like yeah no I know it's, it's I so know. hard to it's so hard to swallow it's like they've been because they've been good for the last six years seven years it's not easy to accept the fact that they're not going to be a good team this year and who's to say that they're not going to be a good team they're just not going to be competing for a Super Bowl they may still be a competitive roster. And I think a lot of these guys, these lower tier guys, are, are going to step up and contribute. And I think, you know, you get rid of somebody somebody like Tyler Higby, like it's the nature of the business. And if you understand the grand plan, it's not so hard to accept because we've talked about this in the last three or four weeks is where there are going to be players. Our expectations have been set. Nick. Like you, your expectations were set on Jalen Ramsey the second that video came out where he posted from a Philadelphia artist with the Allen Iverson tribute. You knew immediately. So I think that, you know, a lot of these things, if you you know it's coming, I'm just going to give you guys a heads up. Like the Allen Robinson situation, they told him you can go seek a trade. Maybe. I mean, you're looking at what you just got back for Jalen Ramsey. Maybe a six-round pick if you're extremely lucky. Maybe yeah, you get a Robinson. I don't – yeah, you may not even get that. I mean, you might not – yeah, I mean, seven contract. I mean, that would be entirely getting rid of the contract. Uh, yeah, you – well, that's that's the point, right. And that's the point. you got to get the contract entirely off your books. It's going to save $6.8 million. Right now, the Rams are currently $3 million over the cap. The draft class is going to cost them upwards of $7 million. So, ideally, before March 15th, which is in a day and a half, you have to get under by at least $10 million. So, $7 million from the rookie class – and then three from just being over the cap in general. So Robinson would save you 6.8. So you're 70% on your way there. Hey, Robinson right now is 8% of the salary cap. Like that's absolutely a move. And I think the free agent class right now, Odell Beckham Jr., Jacoby Myers, Juju, Adam Thielen, DJ Clark, and Alan Lazard, they're at the top of the 2023 agent class. So there's hope. There's definitely hope that you could get yeah, some and then compensation back on to speak on like the uh, oh well, I don't know if we're going to win a Super Bowl this year, I think what fans want and what will be pitched to us will be playoffs. Like get to the playoffs, anything can happen once you're in the playoffs, which is true. Like we've seen wild card teams make sure. make make incredible runs. Um, so I while 
we can say it, you know, we are rebuilding and retooling or whatever you want to call it. I still think there will be a desire in this building in SoFi, wherever to be a team that is competing. I don't think they're going to like after last year, I, unless they realize halfway through like, okay, we're in a position where we could potentially get one of the top three picks, then they could just completely falter and go get sure, a quarterback next sure. year or something. But yeah, I think until like week eight next year, I don't want to talk about any like tank for Caleb nonsense, right? Because it's like, if, if you're going to go against, or if you're going to go with what you're saying right now, Nick is they're going to try to compete for a playoff spot at the very least. They're going to try to be competitive. That puts you out of contention for somebody like that. Right. And they are kind of in like this gray area right now because Stafford, what, three max years left, I would say like, and that's maybe being generous. Um, yeah, who knows? So yeah, like it is this weird kind of gray area. And, but then it's also like, well, do you have loyalty to Stafford? Like, do you, do, do you feel like you need to keep him on the team until he retires? And I think their answer is going to be no, no, I don't like, think I, like not at all. Honestly, like, you know, we brought you in, we both did what we wanted to do in our football careers, but we're not, tied to you to watch you play off into the sunset, especially if you're not, you know, giving no. us what we, what we need to be a playoff team. I so. think they made it egregiously clear is that the only players that they want to see right off into the sunset in a Los Aaron Angeles Donald. Rams jersey is Aaron Donald and Cooper cup. Yeah. And even like, honestly, to me, it feels just, it feels solely like Aaron Donald. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it will be, or maybe it'll just be Cooper cup. It's mm. it's going to be one of those two. Hopefully both. Hopefully both. And I yeah. mean, like you could go back to somebody like Johnny Hecker, who you were positive was going to be a lifer as a Ram. Ended up kind of reviving his career in Carolina. Got a couple of more years out of his playing career. Like that was probably the closest thing you could come to somebody that was interconnected with the franchise, that was connected with the fans, that was representative of the brand consistently. That was a good representation of the brand. That was a consistent All Pro. Like you had, I think you had some solid credibility when it comes to like, you know, homegrown players and having people represent your organization. Well, Johnny Hecker was one of those guys. And like, once you got rid of Jared Goff and, and Todd Gurley and Brandon cooks and some of those other core players in, in 18, 19 and 20, I think that was, it was pretty clear was, you know, we're going to try to build out the next core and anybody that falls without of that cycle is going to be potentially on the chopping block. And then in years to come after that, if it doesn't work, then even those guys are going to be considered to be ones that could be on the chopping block. So kind of is a continuous cycle. And it means, it really means that nobody's safe. You know, I mean, no, but really nobody is safe outside of those top two guys. That's why I, I went ahead and over the past couple of weeks, I was looking through, you know, who's going to help you get under the cap? Who's going to save you the money? The Allen Robinson trade, like I said, would get you 70% of the way there. Tyler Higby cutting him saves you $4 million. There you go. Right now, you're $1 million under the salary cap. Even with yeah, draft, I like two we've said it so many times, but Higby's done, especially when you look at it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's those are two really easy moves because everybody else under if you look under uh Jordan Fuller, so Jordan Fuller is 1.24% of your salary cap. Everybody else below him is one percent of the less than one percent of the salary cap. I think those are guys that are all safe to return in 2023, like Rob Havenstein. 4.3% of your salary cap signed through 2025. He's not an option. They already restructured him. That's essentially what you would consider. I don't know if you call it a bad contract because he's a healthy 
sustainable player that has been within the organization since St. Louis. So maybe that's one that's an exception. Like Cam Akers is not a player that I would consider to be on the chopping block. Like he's in his last year. If he doesn't perform eight, nine, 10 weeks into the season, you might see them do the same thing they did with Daryl Henderson and cut his losses and, you know, try to have another career with a different team. He's somebody that like come week eight, if they're in a position to like, they have like four wins by week eight. I, he'll probably get traded or, or, or cut at that point. I would think so. Yeah. Because then it's like, he's coming back and resigning with the Rams after this season. I mean, unless there's like, they come out super hot, you know what I mean? And they somehow like win six in a row to start the year. Cannot wait for the schedule. When does that come out? Uh, I'm going to say May after the draft. They yeah, do like a special right. event. It's like late May, early June, something like that. Yeah. I could be totally wrong. But yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. Strength of schedule and all that, you know, up in yeah. the air. So Oh yeah. No, I mean I'm just trying to trying to set expectations properly, right? Because you talked about how it's it's upsetting to lose some of these guys and these fans. Like it is kind of like you're blowing it up entirely, but it, you know, you're you're just trying to look at everything that's below the core with within contracts. You're trying to get all the dead money off of your books in 2023 and then try to rebuild it out for 2024 and 2025, which makes Tyler Higby, Allen Robinson, Joe Nopum's a candidate to be restructured. I think that's what you would consider an all God awful contract. Brian Allen, if you cut him, it saves you $2 million. So I think those are the four to keep your eyes on. Keep your eyes on Allen Robinson, Tyler Higby, Joe Nopum, and Brian Allen, because I think the rest of the roster is what you would consider in Ramsland safe for now. Yeah. And then let me just say this because you kind of brought it up. Uh, I want to bring my mic closer for this one. <laughs> um, I do not believe the Rams seriously consider or slash considering OBJ and Robert Woods. Nope. I, know, I, yeah, I, I think they considered Robert Woods for all of five minutes and then he signed a two-year deal with Houston. Yeah. I mean, even, even so, I it was cool that one of the reporters asked about it, but I mean – they don't have the money. They're not in the position to bring him in to, you know, compliment Cup right now. He's too much. Um, and I think he's going to want to be like, that's somebody where history shows if he's not winning, he's upset. So sign him to Dallas. I mean, he makes a lot of sense going to Dallas next year. I think that would be really cool. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I have zero hopes for OBJ coming back now. Yeah, I think Dallas makes a ton of sense. Uh, I mean, I saw that earlier today that they were pursuing him, legitimately pursuing him late in the in the year last year. They were going to try to bring him in. I think it was late December, early January, whenever it was that he was going to potentially come back for a playoff push. That to me makes sense. The Rams are out on all top tier unrestricted free agents. Today was the first day of legal tampering. The Rams went in on nobody. 59, 60 moves. Rams made zero. So... To me, that feels like everybody that passes that first wave of of free agency, everybody that falls within the third tier, the fourth tier, guys that might not be looking like they're going to pick up another contract, guys that can sign for the league minimum, guys you can bring on to your practice squad, like all players that are names that you probably might not recognize, guys that fell late in the draft, guys that weren't given that second contract coming off of their rookie year, That's or guys that... And this is probably something that the Rams will be looking at more for 24 and 25 are guys that are on the back nine of their, of their careers. 
guys that, yeah. that you feel like could help you for a two, three-year window. But even that category uh, of player doesn't feel like it fits the criteria for the Rams this year. So that's kind of, you know, you're not going to go and find a rental for two or three years, hoping that, you know, they're going to be there for the next Super Bowl window. You're going to want to try and do everything for as cheap as possible for this year. And then maybe try to go top heavy again with your salary cap next couple of years to then increase the likelihood to open up the next window. I don't know. I think, I think what, what they're saying is they're going to be much more balanced. I think they're going to pump the brakes the way that the contracts are structured. They're not going to have Aaron Donald and Cooper cup, Matthew Stafford and Jalen Ramsey eating up 80% of your salary cap and then leaving the remainder 20% for the next 57 guys on your roster. Right. So. And like, make no mistake. There's a possibility they go in there. They smoke the draft. Um, they bring in like a cheap running back, yeah, like Cam Akers, and yeah. they can be a, like a legitimate football team. I I truly believe Absolutely that. Absolutely can. Yeah. yeah, I mean the offensive line stays healthy. You talked about Cooper Cup compliments. Van Jefferson, Benny Skoranek, and Tutu Atwell and Brandon Powell aren't. It's not the worst set of compliments you could possibly think of, is it? No, I guess not. I mean, you look across the league. Uh, you look. Trying to think None of Every single one of those guys, though, should not be a wide receiver, too, on a, on a Super Bowl team. No, of course. Of course. And I think what Les was just recently talking about was the way that they're kind of going about the approach with Aaron Donald. Is he's an A-plus player? Let's try to find a bunch of B, C-level guys that can kind of fill out the, the roles necessary to then compete. Right. Yeah. So which, I, which, which, you know, I agree with right now. And yeah. Cooper yeah. Cup is that A-plus and then – Honestly, unfortunately, I think all those guys are C's. So. Sure, sure. Well, Van uh, Jefferson could be a B-level player. Yeah, when mm-hmm. given given the right situation. Yeah, two two could be your burner. Maybe he takes a big leap in year three. Van Jefferson's on a contract year, so he's going to be likely trying to earn the next opportunity to go play as a wide receiver two in a different city. Right. Yeah, Brandon Powell's coming off of a one year deal. I don't know if they're going to re-sign him. We know what Benny Skoranek is. I would love like a cheap feeling, but I don't think that's going to happen. I know you're big on that. No, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, unless Adam Thielen goes unsigned for the next six days and people are wondering if he's going to going to retire or he's even going to come back and play professional football, you maybe give him a one-year deal if he wants to continue playing in Los Angeles. But he's from Minnesota. I think a lot of people, or like a lot of teams have that thought. Where it's like we are going to lowball yeah. this guy for sure. I just yeah, but yeah, why not? I just don't think that any of that fits the criteria of what they're looking to do this year. So I would consider him to be out. Yeah, I, I'd consider any of the top tier running backs to be out. You know, they're obviously Jacobs and Saquon Barkley were at the top of that conversation. Then below him, uh, they were both signed. Miles Sanders, uh, Kareem Hunt. Jacobs like, was signed. Jacobs was franchise tagged. Yeah, that team is bad. Maybe the worst run organization. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like top, top three horribly run teams. Them in Dallas, I think, uh, need an ownership change because the owner thinks he's a general manager, and he's not. He's not general manager at all. Yeah, but Dallas is consistent at least. That like it's last three bad. years, they've had like twelve wins. Yeah, consistently not good enough to get over the top. Couldn't imagine what it's like to be a fan of the Dallas Cowboys right now. I would have really liked Jalen Ramsey in Dallas, seeing the side of Trayvon Diggs. You would have went Ramsey and Beckham in Dallas. I think I would be excited as hell. They definitely don't have the money for that. Yeah, I guess they don't. Yeah, because they're too busy paying their running backs. 10% 10 of their salary cap is damn running backs. It's ridiculous. 
Yeah, I think uh, with 11 draft picks, Nick, in 2023, we talked about the approach moving forward. Potentially 12 if the Bucks are serious about signing Baker Mayfield. Well, we won't get that pick till next year. Damn it. Yeah, we wouldn't get – and we're maxed out on comp picks. We've already gotten four. So I would think that the only other pick that we could potentially get is from an Allen Robinson trade. So I'm thinking you might add another six or a seventh round pick. So oh, I, you wait. get 12, 12 draft picks. It's going to be That's seven. The guy that doesn't make it past HBO Max. What's that? Hard knocks. Oh. A six round pick. <sighs> Tough. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do though? I, I'll take I'll take 12 draft picks. I will. And three top 100 picks. And I think they're going to probably end up trading back and trying to stockpile as many draft picks as you possibly can get. You have 14 draft picks. That's 15, 14 new faces coming into the building. Everybody from last year, I think they had eight draft picks last year. So you bring as many players into the building as you can. You take as many shots as you can. But like trying to evaluate who are they prioritizing? Is it an edge rusher? Is it a defensive back? Is it a tight end? Probably not. Is it a left tackle? They felt like they have some sustainability within the building on the offensive line. If everybody can stay healthy, I don't know if that's true. You're going to go back a quarterback at some point. I think until they have their pre-draft meetings, like the Rams don't show up at the combine, but they're at the senior bowl. They watch the tape. So like, I think trying to understand, you know, comparing RAS scores to their GPS data, to the tape, to the, the pre-draft meetings, and then how they act in person and all those other intangibles that you're trying to find in future draft picks are all remaining to be seen. We'll do some mock drafts coming up. I think Nick, you and I can do our, uh, our top five players, maybe we'll do our Dean and Nick's big board for the Rams to keep an eye on. Maybe we'll do a ongoing list of 10 players that could change literally at any moment. Maybe we'll give fans the access to the link. Who knows? Maybe that'll be fun. Yeah, I like that idea. Let me just ask you something before we sign off because I feel yeah. like you're going that way. Sure, sure. So maybe pull up this list because I don't have it in front of me, but I kind of mm-hmm. know who's in my brain. Um, so with all these picks the Rams have, Mm-hmm. Would would you be upset to see them like you know halfway through pick up a uh, a quarterback, or would you rather go into the like um, the free agent quarterback situation and scoop up a Carson Wentz type player, no. you know, as like a actual backup? Because I mean, no. if they come in this year with Wolford. Or Perkins, I I I just think that's admitting defeat with some. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think tendered Wolford. I don't know what the deal is with Bryce Perkins's contract, but yeah, I, they need to sign some kind of veteran. Carson Wentz wouldn't be at the top of my list, but I would love to see them draft a rookie. I would love to see Sean McVay develop the first quarterback outside of Jared Goff, which wasn't even his draft pick. Sean McVay has has he ever drafted a quarterback? I don't have think they so. ever have they ever drafted right. I mean, if you can get somebody. Uh, there's a, a kid from BYU that reminds me of Dak Prescott. Maybe you bring in like a Stenson Bennett in the fifth round or something ridiculous. You know, somebody that Sean McVay can kind of coddle, take under his wing, and you feel like you can win some games with. You know, the next, maybe the next Mr. Irrelevant is in this Rams draft. Maybe the next Brock Purdy from Iowa State is going to be on the Rams' roster. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go that method, I think, over a veteran. Considering what a veteran will cost you, what a, a rookie six-rounder quarterback will cost you, and then having the the ability to then kind of develop him, spend time with him. You got a fresh start with an offense coordinator, with a rejuvenated Sean McVay. I think we're all kind of waiting to see what a quarterback developed under Sean McVay would look like. So I'm, I'm very much in that camp. What uh, it's to me, it's not so much what the veteran costs. Mm-hmm. It's the probability of 
Stafford going down and somebody, I mean, like we'll, we'll see what the offensive and, line looks like, Yeah, but having somebody that can legitimately come in and win you games. Yeah. And, I mean, if, if Stafford goes down next year, I'm not even trying to win games. If yeah, you know what? Honestly, if he's down in, in game five or game have. six, yeah, I didn't yeah, even I mean, think we, about that. Yeah, we got our first round pick. I mean, I, I would like to pick in the top three next year if Stafford goes down. I don't need to win a ton of games. I would then like to develop a rookie in that situation. And yeah. I know that John Wolford is developed, and Bryce Bryce Perkins is developed. Like, let's see if we could bring in somebody that has a higher ceiling within the draft. I would. Yeah, that's that's a really good. Um, that's a good answer. Good answer. Thanks. Thanks. Anything else before we sign off? Um, no, I think, I mean, quick thoughts on Darnold on the Niners. I hate the Niners. Desperation. Desperation. Desperado. Looking like a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, I think it, I mean, sitting I in a, Sitting I in all oh, Monte Carlo somewhere in San Francisco. Uh, looking for a loss somewhere. Yeah, I, yeah. Had to tie in. I had to tie in the re-re. I think Nick starts cringing when I start quoting stuff. I just don't think you do it tastefully like me. It's okay. <laughs> I have other things. I have other responsibilities in the midst of this podcast. Don't um, forget. Bet online. Live betting, free contests, giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, XFL, tennis, boxing, or even golf, head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BLEAV, receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Promo code BLEAV right below on your screen. And make sure before you guys go that you. You know what to do. Like and subscribe, whether it's for Mario Golf in the background, whether it's for the Rams, for Jalen Ramsey, for me and Nick individually. Make sure to spend some time with the podcast. We promise there will be more coming at you guys, more fun to be had. And the offseason is just beginning. Appreciate you guys listening. Enjoy. We'll be back Thursday right here on Rams Brothers. Peace. Go Rams.